Welcome to the very first ever episode of the Kennedy Street Recovery Podcast. How exciting. My name's Claire. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic addict and family member. I'm Jelly. I am a grateful recovering addict to many things, including people. Hey, Jelly. Hey, Jelly. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, and I'm Emma. I'm an alcoholic addict and a codependent. Oh, well, just to be different. Just to be different. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So, why are we here, Claire? Well, we're here to talk about our lives in recovery initially. I thought maybe we could just focus on us at the beginning. It's so nice to be able to focus on us. But ultimately, I think what we're trying to do is trying to help the general public understand a little bit more about recovery from addiction um, and how it how it comes in many forms and um, where people can start really, just to give some really, some solid guidance as to where people can start their journey and how they can access the support that they need. Excellent. Yeah. And should we mention that we are making this podcast in this the lovely environment of, I believe it's called The Snug, at platform it nine it is it is very plush i'm not gonna lie it is it's fabulous i love it i could live here me too do you think they'd know i don't i don't know i really don't i think we could make this our, our this permanent could, base i could sleep on this little sofa in the snog it's beautiful isn't it it's very lovely and it's really kind of them so who do you think we're talking to who do you think's going to be hearing what we're saying today so from my experience of what's occurred during lockdown, um, Kennedy Street has received over 2,000 phone calls in the first 12 months. Of, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah. And 87% of those people were people with addiction issues, a variety of addiction issues, including family members. Mm. Um, what do you mean by a family member? Like somebody who was affected by wow. somebody else's okay. drinking or drug taking. Um, so 80, 87% of the calls that came in on that first year over COVID were from, now I'm reluctant to say functioning alcoholic addicts because I don't think anybody's really no, functioning. No. Maybe active alcoholics. Well, or maybe we could say addicts that still have jobs. Yeah. yeah. So really, Addicts who haven't burnt their lives down completely yet. Yeah, yeah. there's still a little bit of room for manoeuvre. Mm. And who presumably lockdown presented the challenge of them not being able to preserve those structures that had helped them keep it together in inverted commas functioning. Yeah, or secret. So lockdown was, yeah, what prompted them to call you and what sort of things were people saying? Well, gosh, I mean, it was a real varied bunch that were ringing in, I'm not going to lie. We had a lot of frontline workers, so we did have a lot of nursing staff who were really struggling. Yeah. So, And what surprised me more than anything was that they didn't know where to find recovery. It's mad, isn't it? That's mad. Yeah. You I'm, really would. I mean, you'd think you? people in the NHS would know where, All about recovery. Yeah all about recovery and they really don't know about recovery at all mm. um so we had a lot of frontline workers we had a lot of teachers 
leave Fair. it or not. Yeah. I mean, under a lot of pressure. Yeah. If you think about, they got really thrown in at the deep end, didn't they? Did, didn't well, we they? all did, really, didn't we? Well, we we did, but I suppose those sort of there are some professions that really sort of. You know. But again, teachers, you would kind of expect that they might have some kind of overview of where addiction, where people could go to connect to places. Yeah, they don't. Just around I teenagers. Don't do. I don't think they do. I think that's it's quite compartmentalised, that sort of thing. Especially in, in like secondary schools. There's, you know, my job's attendance, my job's behaviour, my job is special educational needs. And if you think about way back when before we got into recovery to be honest i didn't know anything about recovery i'd heard about alcoholics anonymous yeah and i wrongly assumed that it was full of street drinkers um generally men i thought would be yeah. in those rooms yeah. dirty yeah. men too i thought i'd, I'd have a rough scruffy man um that the the, the look quite aromatic and had brand <laughs> nicely put bottles of like vodka small bottles and I, honestly my vision was small bottles of vodka wrapped in brown paper i don't think i've ever seen anybody <laughs> no. ever but in my head yeah. i thought those are the sorts of people that are going to go to those meetings yeah not like me no. definitely not women like us no no because upstanding members of the community exactly yeah and and i thought and i really thought they'd all be drunk I thought I'd go to this meeting in my head. All these people would be there. All these, you know, older, much older as well. I had a real thing of that men, older men would be there <laughs> with these small bottles of brown wrap paper <laughs> drinks, and um, and they would all be drunk. She's painting a picture here, isn't she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Claire's expectations versus the reality. And I remember <laughs> turning up to my first meeting. Honest to God, not believing really that I was that bad. I thought I'll go to one of these meetings just to de just to get out of my head that I might even have a problem. And I turned up to one of these meetings dressed like a dog's dinner. I thought I had <laughs> the finest lipstick on. And I thought I'll go and see what these alcoholics were all about. And I turned up at this meeting. There was this lovely looking lady at the door happily laughing with somebody else at the door did you think you were in the wrong place i, I totally did excuse me could you tell me where the alcoholics anonymous meeting is please the dawson routine yeah. yes and she went welcome oh my lord yeah that's that yeah and i went oh are they in, are they in that room and she went no you've just found one of them i'm a recovering alcoholic and i was like Oh my gosh, so that was straight away shocked. And but I didn't know anything about anything. And I think that's what we've got to remember is we're blessed. We know where recovery lies. Mm. We know everything there is to know about recovery. But people out there, I'm pointing now just in case. She's pointing, pointing out of the snug. <laughs> people out there. In the kitchen. Yeah. Towards the kitchen. They don't know, because you don't know what you don't know, do you? No. no. No, that's true. What was your experience, Emma, before you before you knew before you knew that you had a problem? Did you know anything about recovery? I don't I, I knew about AA. I remember that when I hit one of one of my rock bottoms and um I knew that I had a problem and I knew I should probably go to this mythical land called AA. But I didn't have a clue of what happened there. I don't think I even had any kind of like, there weren't any dirty old men or Max or anything like that. It was just, just scary people, really. 
because the whole world was scary people to me so they were just another bunch of scary people right had you, had you ever met a recovering alcoholic at that point not anybody in recovery i don't think so and then over the next coming years i did meet people in recovery and they all seemed quite normal and like they were having an all right life and mm. laughed yes. and hugged you yeah the hugging the hugging was the a bit, hugging was a bit much yeah. yeah i've got to be honest i did sit and and really scowl at people when i first started going to meetings <laughs> thinking if you dare give me. me a hug i'm out of here i'm going yeah and and they so they were friendly when i did eventually go they were friendly they hugged me they gave me cups of tea and biscuits mm. occasionally cake um and they gave me their phone numbers and wanted to talk to me mm. yeah all of this was quite strange because i'd never really been part of a community i don't think i mean i had friends and things like that but not not a lot of people who wanted to help you. Mm. That was that was a bit of a shocker. Mm. Mm. And was AA the first fellowship that you ever went to? Uh, no, I think NA was actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So a NA, for those that are listening, is Narcotics Anonymous. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know what NA is. Um, and I suppose we'll have to just sort of remember to reiterate what yeah. we're talking about if we, talk, if we abbreviate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. about you, Dally? Me? Well, I'm, I was just thinking, actually, thinking about what, what you were both just saying. When I, when I was um, at uh, university drinking and using like a champion, two of my closest friends there were recovering alcoholics. Wow. Um, and they were, they were brilliant. They were such good friends to me. Um, and yeah, one of them actually worked in in the like the student union bar, um, and kept sober through through the three years of doing wow. the degree. I mean, both of them kept sober working through the three years, but only one of them was actually working, you know, several nights a week in the in the bar. Um, and um, yeah, I I should have listened to them then, but I didn't. It took a it took a lot of years before um, I went first into Al-Anon. Um, which is the um, fellowship for people who've got a problem of alcoholism or addiction in, in friends and family. Um, and then after that to CA, which is Cocaine Anonymous, which is about addiction to, to all mind-altering substances. And um, yeah, the warm welcome, the feeling of belonging. Um, you know, I thought I was going to get that from drinking and using and I got it in a room full of people who offered me nothing stronger than coffee. It's interesting me remembering that those people from university because yeah. you know they were amazing and, and literally I was in my social circle was was every alcoholic on campus you know and um, and there they were in the middle of it keeping it together. Look at this. I know. Oh I know what I was going to say. I was going to say that I thought before I went to AIA that it was just a load of people sitting around moaning. Oh, you know, okay. like a support group. Yes. Yeah. And it isn't really like that, is it? No. You know, like in the films and stuff. It really annoys it, me. It's that. really I'm moaning. Not lie. The people are just moaning. Yeah. It really annoys me how films portray it yeah. badly. Yeah. Maybe that's an offshoot for us in the future, ladies. We need to make a proper film. So, <laughs> I think so. 
for those of you who are listening, this is water that we're having, not anything else. Emma's found the posh water in a posh bottle. It's such a posh bottle of water and posh glasses. We might have to get James to edit that bit out as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, Claire, I was just realising that we're starting today because we've celebrated International Women's Day, 8th of March, a couple of days ago. Huzzah. And um, we thanks to your good self, had a lovely event at Africa House. Well, thanks Do you want to, to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, thanks to, thanks to everybody who came, to be honest. I just came up with the idea, me and Emma, I think it was, didn't we, say, shall we have a, a women in recovery party? And we all went, yes! Let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Emma likes to make a butty. I really and do. And she makes a champion Always got to remember to put salt and pepper on them, people. Yeah. Oh, you've given away your secret now. I know. And I think the thing is, I will just say this one thing, which is it's really annoying that there's only one International Women's Day because there should be at least 361 other ones. No. Because that's Maybe how amazing that's women do. are. We can make every day Women's Day. Well, it is really, isn't it? Well, but it is yeah. for us. Yeah. If you look at who's really doing the work, yeah. But yeah, it was an amazing celebration of women yeah. and an amazing celebration of women in recovery. Yeah, it, it was. really was. And what a fabulous turnout. Mm. Yeah. Not going to lie, I was so touched and honoured and it, maybe we could get Faith to come on this and have a chat oh, with us. Oh, it would be great to have Faith oh, come on here. Oh, it would be lovely to hear her. She was, um, she was the one who inspired me to think about, like when she said about, you know, the rave years and she was just out there looking for love and connection and she thought she'd get it from drugs and, and when she came to the rooms, that's jargon, sorry about that, for um, 12 Step Fellowship, but um, when she came to a meeting, she found the love and connections she was looking for there. Yeah. And I think that was, when she said that, you, you could have heard a pin drop in the room, couldn't you? Mm, yeah. I think she really, you know, she got that, that across really well. So, yeah. Such an honor. And mm. then we also had the lovely, Oh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Lovely woman. Brilliant. Absolutely. Amazing. And the lovely Stephanie kindly bought some fabulous gifts from her online shop, soulanalyze.com. Thank you, Stephanie. And mm. one of the women who was there, one of the volunteers, actually, she already had a, a ring that she'd bought off her shop on the internet that said, I am loved. I and one of the stories she told was that Every time she feels a little bit down, she looks down at her ring and sees that she, and remembers that she's loved. How oh, beautiful! Wow. I mean, they are beautiful products. So that's that's Stephanie's put recovery into action in a really tangible way. Mm, yeah. That 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 she was able to share. And so so kind of her. Yeah. To bring all every woman that was there a gift. Yeah. Hey, I've got my necklace on. Oh, this is enough so on it. Oh, that is beautiful. I know. It is really beautiful. Oh, so we we were very lucky to have that um have that opportunity to connect with a lot of other women as well. There were there were quite a few women there that I hadn't met before. Mm. Um, it's a lady from the women's centre. Yeah, Tracy. She's wonderful. And also, I must add, we 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 really should say thank you to. St. Peter's who run Africa House yeah. for letting us use that mm, space. Yes. Mm. So kind of them. Mm. Um, and all the other great work that goes on in that um, cafe, mm. Africa House, London Road in Brighton. Um, wonderful, wonderful space. And just 
great projects. Mm-hmm. Nice coffee too. Wonderful coffee. Yeah, really, really nice good. Coffee. Yeah, we love coffee, don't we? <laughs> it always comes back to coffee with us, yeah. doesn't it? Coffee or food. Yeah. I think that's um that is something about recovery, I think, isn't it? Someone said, you know, you just you just exchange one addiction for another. We're all addicted to coffee and tea now. We were going to see what we could think about women in recovery. Um, our colleague Naomi did some great research around um, this. I mean, there are quite high-profile women in recovery. Um, my particular favourite is Stevie Nicks, who... Um, I didn't know she was in recovery. You are kidding me. No, I genuinely didn't. didn't know she was in recovery. Oh, yes. I actually didn't either. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I, I, I also I think about um, Lois, you know, who was the, the wife of Bill W, the so, famous founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. I was just going to say, who for the audience listening, for them out there, who was Bill W? So tell us a little bit more about Bill W. And- Bill W was the sort of man that I would probably have wanted to marry. Um, he, you know, from, from reading the big book of alcoholic... Alcoholics Anonymous. He um, is like every other addict. He has grand. He had grandiose ideas about who he was and his place in the world, um, and he drank a lot. And he thought he was a hopeless case, and a lot of people thought he was too. And um, with the help of a friend, he found the solution to addiction. And uh, between them, they wrote. The famous big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, of Alcoholics Anonymous, which was the, the sort of mothership to a lot of um, subsequent fellowships, including Al-Anon, which was founded by his wife Lois. The, yeah. Lois. The story is that the Lois, long-suffering Lois, the long-suffering Lois, think, Lois really, who, yeah. Lois. I mean, she obviously was volunteer, not victim, but oh, yeah. you know, she obviously must have. But yeah, mate, he put her through some stuff. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. And in those days, apparently, you know, it wasn't uncommon for them, you know, to bring someone who was very drunk into the home to dry out before mm. they could give them the message. So I think one of Lois's um, resentments, shall I say, was that her house was often full of recovering drunks. And, uh, she must have had the patience of a saint. Really? Well, she had the patience almost of a saint because it's, it's said that at a certain point she threw um, a shoe, whether it was one of hers or one of his, I do not <laughs> we know. We don't know. But she held a shoe at say, and said something along the lines, well, great, you're doing all this for all these other people. What about me? Hmm. Um, and That must have been her moment of clarity that she thought... Balls to you lot. I'm going to sell Palinol. Yeah, yeah. She must have had that for. Yeah, no, and you know she didn't have the patience of the saint. She had the patience of an Alanon. Really, she they've got did. a lot of patience. Those <laughs> those lovely humans. Well, it's true. I think it's one of the things that you have to nurture, isn't it? Mm. And I know for me, I started in Alanon. My mm. my husband obviously was blamed for a lot of things, including my drinking. Mm. Alanon saved my life, I'm not mm. going to lie. Mm. And what it taught me was the revelation, and, and and I could not actually quite believe this, was when that old lady that I was sat next to and I was harping on about Kevin again at another meeting, saying how he'd destroyed my life and this, that and the other, and she put a knitting needles down, another knitter, Deli. Deli's a knitter, yeah. keen knitter. Crochet. Crochet. Whatever. Uh, uh, no, you but there is... You can turn your hand to anything. Yeah, it's all wool. 
It's all war. She's just talented. <laughs> just talented full stop. But anyway, getting back to my Al-Anon moment, and this old lady said to me, listen to me, Claire. Every time you point that finger at Kevin and want to blame him for the way that your life's turned out, remember this. Now, for those out there who are listening, you have to envisage me pointing a finger. You follow this with your hands. So you point your forefinger out. And your thumb's in the air, so pointing upwards. And you've got three fingers pointing back at you. And she said to me, every time you point that finger, I want to blame Kevin for the way your life's turned out. Remember this. You are the only one that you can do anything about. That's pointing the three fingers. Yeah. And you can only do that with outside help. And she pointed at the thumb. And she said, and that outside help comes comes in the shape of us in this group. Alan on us. Now get your act together, she said. <laughs> How long ago was that? 25 years ago. Oh, my Lord. Probably 26 years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've been sober for 24 years and I started, obviously I gave Alan on two years, trying to convince myself that I didn't have a drink or, drink, um, or drug problem. Mm. So, yeah. And it was the greatest gift anyone's ever given me. And yeah, for, yeah. The, for those of you who can envisage me pointing that finger <laughs> outwards... I, that's a gift that I will pay forward to anybody who'll sit still long enough. Maybe we can get a, a shot of that in, yes. with a link. Yes. I think so. Did I hear a heavenly choir at that moment? Of oh, I did. Oh. Is this another bit that James gets? Sorry, I need some more water. No, <laughs> I think James wants to keep that in. I think James will love that. And I think we do need that. Yeah, I, I think, think that is definitely do. our that's, thing. I think we need that on a T-shirt as well. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I do. Yeah. What do we think is going to be the future of this podcast? Do we think we I we're think going it's to going have to be amazing? Yeah, a variety of things that we can share with. I'll, people. I'll tell you what. Why don't each of us take a turn in saying what our hopes and dreams are for this podcast? So my hopes and dreams are is that we can we can bring guest speakers to to come and talk to us about their experience, and I think we need to keep it focused on obviously the solution and how other people have got well but also people that do still have jobs mm. you know and if they've ended up homeless of course i understand that too mm. or if they've ended up you know sofa surfing which is another form of homelessness yeah, yeah. um then that's fine too but i think if we can focus it maybe for me i think it's really important that we look at different professions as well because there are there's a lot of evidence to suggest that certain professions like the teaching profession like the construction industry like um there's quite a high percentage of people with addiction problems within the clergy as well mm. nurses nurses doctors yeah, doctors you know let's invite all these types lawyers of yeah very I'll high just keep saying just yeah, keep saying I'll just keep saying occupations <laughs> <laughs> But I think it'd be great to get people like that on. That mm. is my hope and dream. What's yours? Yeah, I think that would be a really good idea. Um, and I think people from different cultures mm, and their yeah. experience of recovery, because in different cultures, different things are appropriate. Um, I think um, one of my hopes and dreams is that I don't make an ass of myself on this, but that's quite self-centred. Oh, yeah. um, we don't mind if you do, though, Emma. And I think, yeah. you know, uh, looking looking at women recovery a bit more might be a good idea mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we're women and we're in recovery. Mm -hmm. And we're fabulous. And we're fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah i just i think the thing is it's just that thing about being a port of call for people to hopefully entertain them whilst they're maybe driving to work or whatever mm. and inform them a bit more about maybe what they're suffering from because there's nothing more lonely is there than secretly drinking secretly drug taking yeah. secretly yeah whatever it is uh, and le leading that double life so it's like if we can help some people to connect to maybe some different aspects of recovery dispel some myths yeah. that's a good thing oh definitely let's do some myth busting yes that's what i think what yeah. about you what about you Jenny? I, uh, yeah yeah i think i think one of the things i'd be interested in is is finding how different paths to recovery you know what what do we we're familiar with the 12 step programs and and it's worked for us but i know equally there are people who who have stayed clean and sober using different methods and there are different methods um so I think I'd like to hear more about that. But also I think I'd like to I'd like to dispel that myth of the people sitting around in a circle looking despondent and yeah. saying, My name's Julian, I'm an alcoholic and I haven't had a drink for five years. Because is that your alter ego, Deli? <laughs> Julian is your alter ego. <laughs> it's someone I saw on a on a on a TV programme and my my daughter tells me that I literally stood up and shook my finger at the screen and went, that's not what it's like. Yeah. You know? We've got to demystify that. I because... mean, mate, I've never laughed as much as I have in rooms. I never I know. have. I know. Since I've been going to meetings, I've literally, literally wet myself. And it's not just because I'm in my 50s, really. You know, it's like, people well, are funny. Well, I think people are definitely going to be entertained by the um uh what's the word out honesty oh, no, no that is a thing isn't it <laughs> that is a thing that people who come who are new to meetings are always like oh you're so real and you're so honest yes. and you're so funny yeah. and I, I, but it's like the the rooms is where i learned how to be honest Sorry, that's alarm. my alarm Emma, emma's prayer alarm emma's has gone to, off yeah emma's got to say a prayer so now. what yeah. we're going to tell people hopefully we're going to we're going to bring them to an understanding of what Recovery is and what it's meant to us. The fact that we are most decidedly not a glum lot. Um, I would also like to touch on the humour, actually, yeah. that we do share. We really do. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if everybody would get sort of our humour, but I think a lot of people might. I and think we should give them a chance to try. Yeah. Because I mean, and and really, this isn't us saying we laugh at people. No, it's, oh God, no, no. But it's not. But sometimes some of the stories that we, yeah. I mean, some of my stories that I tell are shockingly, they are like like just gobsmackingly hilarious. If I wasn't in it, I would look at it and think, oh, that couldn't be true. Yeah, I think a lot of the time we laugh at those things is because we can't quite believe that we survived it mm, yeah. to get to get to this side of it. To tell the tale. To tell yeah. the tale. So, shall we close by saying thank you for listening to episode one. Yeah. Um, huzzah. And huzzah. Yeah. Listen to us again and um, we hope to bring you tales of humour and hope. Wonderfulness. And all things magical about women in recovery as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You see, I'm on a roll now. Yeah. I don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah, thanks everyone for joining us on our very first podcast. And we will be back 
please please comment please send us a message yeah please get in touch if for any reason you have identified even a little bit of yourself in what we've talked about i wouldn't hesitate to pick up the phone our number will be below mm. in some in the description yeah and reach out and what we will do we will do our absolute utmost to connect you to a recovery um support structure in your neighborhood mm. in your area where you live all over the country yeah we'll find we'll help we'll offer you some remote support and we'll connect you to an abundance of wonderfulness in and your we'll life. make you laugh along the way yeah yes join us on our expedition yes. our voyage recovery voyage i like it love it thank you everyone bye bye, bye. bye.